Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. My name is Martha, and I'm so glad to be with you all today. I wonder, if you were to give a message on hunger, where would you start? Uh, With big macro-level statistics uh, on the global scale, for instance, that as much food is wasted around the world that could feed everyone hungry in the world four times over. Or perhaps with um, closer to home statistics, like those here in Portland that the Hunger Committee have uh, on the basket in the, in the hallway. Maybe you'd go to an online concordance and search for the word hunger or hungry in the Bible. Or go to the theory in theology of, of how hunger works and that God one of the hallmarks of the reign of God is that the hungry are filled, that feasting shows up when all things are put right. Or maybe you would go to the immediacy of your own experience, how you've experienced hunger or lack, desire and loss. As I thought about it this week and was uh, spending time with the text uh, that I'll read in a bit, I realize that hunger is one of our most immediate forms of need, forms of our awareness of our need. Hunger or thirst. And we know hunger because we have experienced fullness at some point. We know that we lack it. So with that, I wonder if you might hear something different in our text this week as I did. Luke 15 where Jesus tells a series of stories. And I'll truncate the first chunk. Meanwhile, the tax collectors and the quote-unquote sinners were all gathering around Jesus to listen to his teaching, at which the Pharisees and the religious scholars murmured, this person welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus then addressed this parable to them, suppose... You have a hundred sheep. Fast forward. Rejoice with me. Fast forward. (laughs) Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Fast forward. Rejoice with me. I have found the one. Fast forward. I just wanted to highlight those. We'll come back to them. And then he says there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to their father, give me the share 
of the estate that is coming to me. So the father divided up the property between them. Some days later, the younger son gathered up his belongings and went off to a distant land. Here he squandered all his money on loose living. After everything was spent, a great famine broke out in the land, and the son was in great need. So he went to a landowner who sent him to a farm to take care of the pigs. The son was so hungry that he could have eaten the husks that were fodder for the pigs, but no one made a move to give him anything. Coming to his senses at last, he said, How many hired hands at my father's house have more than enough to eat, while here I am starving? I'll quit and go back home and say, I've sinned against God and against you. I no longer deserve to be called one of your children. Treat me like one of your hired hands. With that, the younger son set off for home. While still a long way off, the father caught sight of the returning child and was deeply moved. The father ran out to meet him, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, I've sinned against God and against you. I no longer deserve to be called one of your children. But his father said to one of the workers, Quick, bring out the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. Take the calf we've been fattening and butcher it. Let's eat and celebrate. This son of mine was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and now he's found. And the celebration began. Meanwhile, the elder son had been out in the field. As he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the workers and asked what was happening. The worker answered, your brother is home and the fatted calf has been killed because your father has him back safe and sound. The son got angry at this and refused to go into the party. But his father came out and pleaded with him. The older son replied, look, for years now, I've done every single thing you asked me to do. I never disobeyed even one of your orders, yet you never gave me so much as a kid goat to celebrate with my friends. But then this son of yours comes home after going through your money, and you kill the fatted calf for him? But my child, the father said, you're with me always, and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and rejoice. This brother of yours was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, and now he's found. In my upbringing, this story was an example of terrible evangelism theology. That when he gets hungry enough, that's where the turn in the story occurs, when he gets hungry enough and he comes to his senses and returns to his father, people have to hit rock bottom. People have to suffer enough before they can come before they will come to church, to God, to home, to fill in the blank. When people get hungry enough, they will come. The reason why this whole text took a different light for me this past week is that last Sunday, when it was bright and sunny, I got home from church and took my two cats, who live indoors with me, and set them outside to play in the warm, nice air. And a couple hours later, I went back to retrieve them, and only one came to the door. And I discovered the other cat was 80 feet in the air on a tree. She spent four days there. And every website I checked, 
And every person I asked said, when they get hungry enough, they come down. They always come down. Don't worry, they'll get hungry enough, they'll come down. But I'm the mother of these two cats. <laughs> Metaphorically. And um, I, could, I got to walk outside, you know, three, four, 12 times a day and look up the tree and see if she was still calling out to me and if I, with binoculars if I could still see her. And she was, she was there. One time she didn't hear me coming and wasn't crying out before I got to her. And I got nervous. But then she may have been asleep. She woke up, she started talking to me again, calling to me. I got to check her 12 times a day. The father in the story has no idea when his son will come home or if he will. But I got to look up at her and hear her crying. And by day two, hour 40, I was calling the fire departments, even though the websites tell you not to. And by hour, <laughs> by hour 48, I was calling arborists <laughs> to see if anyone had some free time. The fire department told me, yeah, it'll take a couple, three days. And I was like, I'm already at a couple, so three is tomorrow. But one of the arborists said, it'll be a week over a week, maybe two weeks. I was like, well, <laughs> as reassuring as that sounds, she's miserable. I hear her crying. I hear her plaintive, well, she just gets hungry enough. So day two, hour 48, we made a plan, this kind arborist and I, that he would come back two days later, hour 96. Day but who's counting? <laughs> Absolutely, me and maybe the cat. Because she couldn't believe it. As soon as I turned around to walk inside, I mean, I was I'm staring up this tree going, you figure it out, you got up there, you can get down, all the ex experts tell me so. <laughs> Even though you live inside and you've never been more than 10 feet in the air, you can figure this out. This one's up to you, kid. I'd walk away and she would, she would go from plaintive meowing to like, hey, meowing, what are you walking away for? <laughs> oh my word. This kind of dumped my theology on my head because I realized I don't have the heart to let her suffer hungry. Four days is enough and I will pay the arborist whatever the fee is. And I'm back and forth all week between meeting with people in church, reading the text, preparing the message, praying, meditating, Checking the cat, checking the cat. And all of this started to meld together. And when I looked through the concordance of where hunger and hungry appears throughout the Bible, the one that caught me most was in Exodus 16, when the Hebrews have been uh, released from slavery and are out in Egypt, but they're starving, and they're like, at least if we were back in Egypt in slavery, we had our fill of food. You bring us out to the wilderness to die of starvation, we'd rather be back in the slavery where we're full. The other thing that caught me in this story is that the father had a fattened calf. His son was starving while they were fattening a calf. That wasn't intentional, that wasn't direct. They're just set next to each other. And as soon as his son was home, he was like, kill it, We're, it's time. The fattened calf was a symbol of hope, of 
promise for the future. The fattened calf was there to be the celebration when it was time to celebrate. So this bad model of evangelism based on capitalism, who has earned what they have coming to them, who has to wait, versus the empathetic model. You are mine. You are hungry. I will make sure you have food and I will pay. I'm wondering today, what would you give up to not be hungry? And not just you, but someone else who is yours to care for. And also, what is the calf you are fattening? What is your symbol of hope in preparation for celebration? What would you give up to not be hungry? Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. <laughs>